Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. Thank you guys for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential and this series, which is called Conversations from Y to X. As we all know, I am the X. That means I'm the old lady in the group, but I'm having fun with this process. And joining me today is a true firecracker. She goes by Isabel Firecracker firecracker. And uh, Isabel, thank you so much for joining me today. Tell my listeners and viewers where you are right now, where you live and what you do for work. Thank you for having me, Michael. Well, I am Isabel Firecracker. I am Colombian. I was born and raised in Colombia. I currently live in Colombia, but I'm a bit of a globetrotter. So I kind of find me, I love traveling. It's one of my passions. Um, I do spend a lot of time in the States. And what do I do for a living? I, I help women, child-free women. So I decided consciously and voluntarily that I'm not going to have any children. But I respect women who are mothers. So, um, but I help women like me uh, to define and reach their goals and uh, to understand yeah. what it is their purpose. Very good. I think that's amazing that you know, when you talk about making a conscious decision to be child-free, there's a lot of people who expect that everybody should want to be a parent. And frankly, I mean, don't get me wrong, and hopefully my son's not going to listen to me say this, but it's not all that is cracked up to be at times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is indeed a lot of uh, societal pressure and your family and expectations, and especially if you're a woman, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have, like I said, if women decide to become mothers, good for them. But I, I understood that it's, it's just not for me. So I have some very good friends who, um, as a couple, they made a decision when they were first together and then got married that they just didn't want to have children. And, you know, it's, it's really been dynamic to engage with them over decades and see how they've, you know, I mean, they're perfectly happy with it. They've led this great, wonderful life. But even still today, I feel like they have to answer that question like, oh, why didn't you ever have children? And I mean, what a question that is so intrusive on somebody, either their belief, their choice, or maybe if they don't have children because of physiological reasons, you know, just asking that question, I think is so, it, 
it's just so wrong. I agree with you. I mean, it is very personal. And sometimes people don't realize it when they're asking it, but sometimes they do ask it to people who, who try to have children for a very long time, dealt with, you know, all these infertility issues, and it's painful for them to think back. Uh, and then they get asked this question, and it's a bit jarring. I think we should stop asking people, you know, why they don't have any children. Like, you know, it's like asking women, oh, you're so nice. You're so great. Why are you single? Same thing. <laughs> stop. Please stop. Exactly. <laughs> well, and it's funny that you say that too, because as I'm doing these interviews, you know, and I work with business people and in a lot of varieties, a lot of different experiences, but I also think it's really challenging when you have to answer the question, so what do you do for a living? As if we're really defined by that. But I think it's important that I start off with that, you know, in this dialogue because it helps, you know, place where all of my guests are. But I love that the next question is, is to me almost more important is what, what do you do for passion? You know, what is your favorite free time activity when you're not working? That's a, that's a great oh, question. I got you speechless. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was like... You're like, wait, what free time? <laughs> I wish I had more free time. I do, uh, like most people, I think. But um, I just have so many things that I'm passionate about. Like, I, I, I'm a kite surfer, so I do that. I love kite surfing. Wow. I am also like... I wouldn't, I don't like calling myself an artist because I'm not really, I wasn't really formed this one, but I do, I do make art in my, you know, it's, and it, for me, it's like um, a way to release stress and also to express myself. And yeah, I think those are like the two main activities basically. Oh, and I hang out with this little guy behind me. I was going to ask you, and who's he? <laughs> It's my dog. His name is Euro. Uh, he's turning seven in May and he Aww. is the cutest, most clingy <laughs> dog that I've ever had ever. But, you know, he knows we're talking about him. He's like, oh, look at me. I'm so attractive. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. The elegance. But he's really clingy. <laughs> he is. Well, that's okay. He can be clingy. That's, you know, it's just another companion in your life. It's important that, that we're wanted. <laughs> oh, yeah. So tell me, one of the things I've been most fascinated about is the different way that people in the, you know, quote unquote, millennial generation consume information. So how do you primarily consume information, whether it's news, it's, you know, current events, it's, um, you know, entertainment or ongoing, continuing, you know, training and development for yourself, where, where are the places that you go for that type of, of information? Well, everything is online, everything. And I would say that because there's so much misinformation in social media, whenever I see something in social media, I usually try to go to like the most serious sources to find out if that is actually true. Um, I do have the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and several like well-known newspapers or um, in my phone. So I get like, uh, how do you call it? Um, notifications, whenever something is like big thing happens for news. I mean, regarding news, I'm usually not paying a lot of attention to pop culture. Like I don't 
I wouldn't know what the royal family's names are. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> but whenever I do hear stuff like that, it's usually, I mean, it, everything's on the internet. I don't watch like the TV news anymore um, or read a newspaper for that matter. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I think that so far, I think that's 100% of my, of my guests have said almost the exact same thing, which is really an interesting, that to me is a big difference between, um, you know, the millennials in my generation still, but even in my generation, people are falling off regular television programs or regular uh, news programs. So it's interesting, this shift, because I haven't made it mentally yet, um, but I know a lot of people are in my generation and definitely in yours and beyond. I think internet, I mean, it's just such a big part of our lives now. I mean, you have, if you're working on your computer, you're usually connected to the internet. Your phone is with you all the time. It's connected to the internet, like everything around you. Um, I heard somebody said the other day, if you don't have an online presence, it's like you don't exist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, if, if your business doesn't have an online presence, it's like you don't exist. So Mm -hmm. I think it's it's normal that we're moving towards and also you know the, the good thing about well the good thing bad thing I don't know I wouldn't qualify it as good or, or bad just the thing about internet is that you can access it from anywhere at any time mm -hmm. you know it's just all this information floating in the air for for us to like process <laughs> exactly it's just right there at our fingertips all we have to do is look on our phones so because my, um, this whole thing has started because I have been so frustrated by kind of society's bashing on millennials, let me ask you, have you ever felt unfairly characterized for being a millennial? And if so, in what way? I think, well, me personally, hmm, not mischaracterized. I would say that, uh, older generations don't understand many things about the way that we shape our lives in general. Um, I have heard people call millennials lazy. And I mm -hmm. think that's just, it's not true. Like that's the most, I mean, I have no idea where that comes from, but I have heard a lot of people say, Oh, I'm never hiring a millennial ever again because they're lazy. And like they, you know, whoever it was that they hired decided that they wanted to move on after only three years in the company. Three years is a very long time to like, mm -hmm. you know, and I think, I, I think our values shifted a little bit more in the sense that millennials are, we live life by our own set of rules, I guess, whereas older generations were more attached to tradition and, mm -hmm. you know, family values and things that are still, you know, I, I'm not saying they're bad things. I'm just saying that millennials in general, we, we want to explore. And it's not only exploring the world, like physically, geographically speaking, but also explore our capabilities, what it is that we can do, like learning all the time. We're very, we're that, that generation that has absolutely, like our, our attention spans are like, this big <laughs> but but whenever we find something that we're passionate about we just run with it until the end of the world so mm -hmm. 
I think that's, it's been a real common thread, you know, with these discussions is that um, especially the sense of like maybe tenure in the workplace. And I know that I can't even imagine working an entire career with one company. It would, it would make me crazy. Um, But you know, the, the sense of what, what is a long enough period of time. And I think a lot of times the dialogues make it sound like millennials are just hopping every six months. And I think there probably are people that are hopping every six months, but there's also people in my generation that hop every six months and, and probably the, you know, generation Z coming up is probably going to hop every, you know, there's going to be some people like that, but it's, it's something that tends to be kind of white, uh, you know, done with a big brush stroke, you know, and as it's painted with this big brush stroke, the reality is that there's all kinds of balance in between. There's, there's different ends of the spectrum, no matter what age group you're in. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in my case, for example, my mom, she worked like she worked over 20 years in every single company that she worked in. Like she was, you know, that kind of, uh, very stable job and she she used to work she was a teacher and then like she and like she that for her you know was fine and she felt good because she felt that that was giving her the security she needed and whatnot and I, that would drive me absolutely nuts <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's more um, I think maybe older generations uh, you know, they were, they were actually looking for that kind of stability and that kind of security and, and thinking, okay, I have this job, I'm going to stick to it and then I'm going to retire and I'm going to have a good retirement and it's going to be fine. Whereas millennials, I think we, our mindset is a bit more, life is right now. I can't wait to retire to do those things that I would like to do instead of being like sitting in front of whatever computer and doing whatever that a job that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think we're a little bit more fearless in that sense. Uh, but I also think that we're a generation that relies a lot in our parents, in financial terms, <laughs> in, in emotional terms. Like It's like we have that safety net, you know, like mm-hmm. our parents did this whole safe life and that's our safety net. And now we can do all of this stuff because we know we can always fall back on that safety net in a way. Now I want to change that whole perspective because <laughs> I have a son who's a millennial and I want him to stand on his own two feet. <laughs> well, I mean, I think not, I mean, many millennials do fall back on that safety net, but I, I, I'm not saying everyone does. Um, <laughs> that's I, a really I, good I, point. Yeah, I mean, I have sometimes, but I think in my case, it hasn't been like the financial thing. It's been more like the the emotional support and that, that link with my family that I've sought uh, sometimes. But no man is an island, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, there are things you could still be family and be very tight and all. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely not cut to, you know, throw ourselves out there without that safety net basically. That's, that's a really great point. And I hadn't really thought about, about it that way is, you know, when you know there's stability around you, are you more confident to go try other things and know you have more, you know, rope holding you while you scale some mountains, you know, something else to give you that security. That's, that's an interesting viewpoint. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. And I also think that's the reason why many people in my generation, well, the millennials, many, many of us are entrepreneurs as well, because entrepreneurship 
before was was seen as a very risky thing it's like you're mm-hmm. going i mean i'm talking about many many years ago i mean it's risky uh only people with that had a lot of money could do it and nowadays like everyone not everyone but many many of us are doing it and um it is risky it it depends 100% on our own sweat and you know the work that we put on it um so i think that is part of you know having that you know we can always fall back into and i i'm talking to you more on my sister's perspective i hope she doesn't listen to this she'll kill me <laughs> but she's she's done that for several years and she's always like now she right now she's going to start a new venture and she said to me it's fine i mean if i fail i still have my parents like that's the kind of thing that you hear oh, no. <laughs> Like I know it's gonna be fine. We're getting <laughs> some fine. honesty now. Well, and that's it's good to know. I mean, especially as a parent standpoint, the sense of, you know, you don't want your kids to fail and you don't want them to be, you know, you don't want them to worry about whether or not they can make rent, but you don't want them to also think, oh gosh, well, this is great, I can do it. And if not, I've already got some always got somebody to fall back on. You want to know that you're there emotionally, like you were talking about. But I don't always want, you know, my kids to think, oh, there's always a financial, uh, you know, parachute to catch us as well. Yep. We'll run out of money. <laughs> We've worked hard for these retirements. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you were walking into a group of people that were all kind of complaining about millennials, what would you want them to know about you in particular and about millennials in general that you know, what kind of message would you say to them to help them maybe reevaluate how they viewed you? I think the one, like the thing that I've noticed from our generation, uh, and this has been happening not only in my country like Colombia, but also, I mean, around the world and in this region, especially, I've also seen it in the States. And it is that we we don't, we're not afraid of going out there and, you know, and, and protesting and raising our voices. And, and if we're not making noise out there, we're making it through social media. Like we're at heart activists, you know, and we are trying to make this a better world for, you know, the next generations in terms of environment, in terms of uh, women's uh, reproductive rights, in terms of like many things. And I think, uh, that's one of the things that I value really a lot about my generation that we're not we're not scared to stand up uh, for ourselves and and for other people and we're not scared to to speak our voice and and to say this is wrong and uh, I think that's one of the things that um, should be definitely I mean the really positive thing about our generation that um, other people should maybe value a little bit more. That's a good point because I think sometimes there's eye rolling at that of how much, how much is going on. And yet, you know, there, that's a really good point about, you know, that you aren't afraid to go out and do it. And sometimes people don't do those types of things because of fear or because of just lack of interest or lack of energy. And you guys are, you know, the millennial generation, I do think is trying to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to steer this ship. Absolutely. I mean, I I think I saw it, well, I mean, very prolific back with the baby boomers. 
in the 1960s, 1970s. Mm-hmm. And then the generation that came after, which I think is Generation X, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, in general, I'm not saying everyone, but in general, it was generation that, you know, came into this world and it was more or less organized. You, you know, their parents and grandparents had made, already paved the way in, in, a, in, a, in a way. I mean, and they came here and they're like, okay, let's find sibling and whatnot. And now we millennials and centennials, which are the younger generation, the one that comes after us, uh, we're, we're trying to, 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 you know, create change again because we're seeing some, some, some things that we don't... The thing is, I think we are also a lot more open-minded in general. I'm not saying all of us because there are also a lot of bigoted people in my, my generation. Mm-hmm. But in general, we're more open-minded. And I think that also gives us a little bit of, um, like, you know, of, of a, that like push towards that, okay, there's a lot of us, we're all different. Let's just, you know, make space in this world for everyone. More of a sense of inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Very good. So to tell me, I know you made a comment earlier. You said, oh, I'd love to have more free time like everybody else. But how do you rate yourself in terms of having a good work-life balance? Do you feel you have it? And if so, why? And if you don't, why not? I feel that I have it. But at the same time, I'm just so passionate about what I do that work doesn't feel like work. So sometimes I can be like doing some stuff uh, on my website or, you know, just whatever it is that I'm doing. And then I look at the clock and it's past midnight and I'm like, oh my God, I've been working for, I don't know, 20 hours straight or whatever it is. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And that's okay because it doesn't really feel like it. Um, But I do make time to spend with my family, my friends. I have a very clingy dog. Like I said, he also gets time <laughs> for me. I do make time to, to go out kite surfing. And, 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 and this, is, this for me is just uh, paramount. And it is that whenever I say I'm going to take vacation, I really take vacation. Like I, you're not going to find me to you know, pick up my phone or send an email or like, no, that's really my time. Um, so I think I'm really good at that. Very good. Yeah, that's something that not many people master. But it is interesting too. I've heard that is also a common theme, this sense of, you know, I really love what I do and I'm passionate about it. So therefore it doesn't feel like work. And I think that's a really wonderful thing that, you know, I don't think you can get that out of a lot of people in my generation and definitely not out of the baby boomers. I don't think you're going to get a large number of people who say that. So that's, that's something to me very hopeful. Yeah. So my last question to you is, and this has been wonderful, so I really appreciate your input. My last question is, what do you think we can all do to better facilitate communication beca- between all generations? Uh, I mean, for me, it's just everything's based in tolerance, I guess. Um, just trying to understand where the other person is coming from there's also compassion involved in that. I think that we're very, sometimes human beings in general, we're very quick to judge. Um, And I think it's just to take the time to either think about what we're going to say, or why is it that I'm thinking about this, you know, this about this person, do I really know them enough to, you know, think, you know, say this out loud or think, or, you know, have a statement, whatever it is. Or even talk to the person. I, I think that we're very, um, I mean, in general, 
I'm not going to say it's just millennials, like in general, human beings like to be heard. Mm -hmm. So you're just talking to us and asking us, you know, where it is that we're coming from. And I don't understand where it is that you're coming from, but I respect it. I think that's the basics, you know, for, for anything. Very good. I think that's a, a message we can all take. No matter what we're trying to do, who we're trying to deal with, generations are just everyday communications is have respect for each other, have respect for ourselves and try and facilitate the conversations in between. Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Well, Isabel, thank you so much for joining me. It's great to have you calling in from Colombia. I actually have people from all over the world that are joining this. It was, has also reminded me that, you know, this millennial concept, this millennial generation just doesn't have the effect in the U.S. It is really impacting the world. And the, it's phenomenal. It's surprising to me how many of the themes are common across all of the different countries. So your perspective is definitely appreciated today. So thank you very much. I'm so glad. And uh, Euro, you did a good job. Back there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a handsome <laughs> Love for, look forward to keeping in contact. Thanks. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.